Hello, Stephen Dan Fouts here from Teach Different. We're veteran teachers from the United States, bringing educators together from around the world to learn a simple conversation method, which we model on this podcast for you. TeachDifferent.com is your home to an online community of educators who are working together to master the art and science of conversations. And don't forget to check out our dynamic coaching programs offered through our proud partnership with The Conversation Project at convoproject.org. Let's keep the conversations going together. Well, welcome everybody to the Teach Different podcast. We're very excited tonight to have a quote from Khalil Gibran, whom I had never heard of before this, this particular episode. He's a Lebanese-American writer, poet, and visual artist who has a really, really interesting quote on well, there's a lot of themes embedded in it. There's there's suffering, there's character development, and and so on. We'll get to that. We'll get to his very interesting quote in a minute. Um, we have a guest tonight from Helena, Montana, Marisa Diaz Wayne, who will be introducing herself in a moment and some of the really cool work she does in the public philosophy space in Montana. So very much looking forward to this. And for those unfamiliar, we're going to work through the, the, the Teach Different protocol. We're going to start with that quote, and then we're going to work with the claim of the quote, try to interpret it using our, our personal experiences as sort of fuel for our interpretations. And then we will push against it and, and think about a counterclaim to it. Another equally valuable way of looking at the world that creates this cool tension between our original interpretation. And in that way, a lot of times those really good questions surface, right? Because so then we have to figure out our, um, you know, what, what our beliefs are and weigh evidence and come up with criteria and do a lot of good philosophy stuff. Uh, and then uh, we'll say our goodbyes. So there you have it. Here, here's the quote. I'll say it twice. And then uh, Marisa will, will hop in. Here we go. And it's a two-part, so we'll be repeating this a few times on the, on, the, on the episode. Out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls. The most massive characters are seared with scars. Out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls. The most massive characters are seared with scars. Marisa, welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So yeah, I, uh, my name is Marisa. Uh, I run a community philosophy nonprofit in Helena. Uh, it is called Merlin, like the, like the bird or the wizard, both cool. Uh, and our organization is um, probably best described as um, kind of a form of philosophy in and by the community. Uh, it's just a really unique and intentional way of, of doing philosophy together and, and learning from and, and with one another. And um, it's really fun it's for all ages and all backgrounds. I couldn't be happier doing the work work that I do. Uh, and certainly the founding of the organization um, has an in interesting background that's, um, I, I think, in many ways directly related to this quote as well. And I can share that at another point, but I know the, um, the, the quote is what we're wanting to kind of dive into, right? <laughs> 
Let's see the quote uh, out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls. The most massive characters are seared with scars. Um, yeah. So the first part, oh, there's so much going on in this quote. I, I love this one. Um, so the, the first portion, the out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls, at least the way I'm, I'm taking it. It seems that there's a statement being made about some kind of important connection between the suffering and, and, and however we're meaning that. And then one's character or soul, um, maybe something similar to like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger but i think i think it's way more meaty and nuanced and complex than that um and then that second uh the most massive characters are seared with scars here this one this one's interesting because i think um i kind of feel like there's a connection that's being made between the evidence of suffering in some way and and, and one's character or soul so maybe on the one hand, maybe when we come across someone who's someone who's been through significant suffering, it's obvious, like the scars are apparent. Um, or, or maybe I'll maybe alternatively, I think I like this one better. Actually, um, the scars are an indicator of a life well lived. Like if you don't have any, you better put some work in to gain some sister, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> um so yeah, I think that's my, so maybe together, like suffering produces strong souls, the evidence of which we can see in it, some ways, however, in which they move through the world. That's kind of how I take this initially. It's good. Read it again, Dan, the, the quote. This one, I feel like we need to keep reading. Yep. Out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls. The most massive characters are seared with scars. Yeah. We have a similar quote in our library. Uh, There's no success without hardship. It, it's not the same. This one is more of an internal one. But it's, it's really saying to me that, you know, in order to be great, you have to you have to go through it. I mean, no one becomes great unless they've they've had to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune and maybe even worse. But that's what makes people great. The idea that bad things happen to you, that you have to overcome, right? That feels like the claim. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I, li I like both of the both of those interpretations. I think are really are really great. I was looking at the first part. Out of suffering, have emerged mm -hmm. the strongest souls, and thinking about. I'm always thinking, Maurice, about how this plays out in an audience. Right? For me, it's it's high schoolers. You know, they'll look at these quotes, and most of them will probably think of strength in a physical sense, mm -hmm. where you know, the, the adjective is for souls. So I, I can see sitting with this with, with the students a little bit and talk about, well, what does it mean for a soul to be strong? How is that? How does that happen? What does that look like? And then see where, where that goes. So that, that was my first um, thought. It was more kind of to interpret it, um, interpret some of the words a little bit. 
But yeah, there's a lot a going soul? on. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. What is a soul would be a worthwhile start. Maurice, we, we talk about, you put the quote on the board, and if there are words in the quote that are worth unpacking, simple strategy, circle them. Mm-hmm. And don't rush in to the conversation. Just identify, isolate those words and talk about a soul. What is a soul? They become these kind of mini conversations, but they're really important. You know, if you're kind of trying to come up with a claim of an author, you got to make sure you're on the same page, right? You're you're speaking the same language with people. And I think that this quote has a couple words to circle. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm so glad that you said that, because actually I had uh, when I was thinking about this quote, I had uh, several areas in it that I underlined or double underlined because I wanted to go back to those and explore those a bit. Um, and one of those actually was that like right out of the gate, that the, the the phrasing of out of suffering to me sounds just seems really important to kind of the overall idea like that to me it implies a, a kind of like effort-based emergence um which i think also helps me um perhaps define or point at what soul might mean um that this sort of de- something that's developing and coming out of the ways in which we respond to you know various things in the world and situations like suffering is a matter coming out of suffering as a matter of deep work and internal work and how that might relate with what a soul might be as well in this context. I don't don't know how that sits with either of you. I like Mm. that. I I just came up. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. No, I was, I was just going to kind of build on that a little bit where I'm looking at it now. And I, and I think it's suggesting that out of suffering, as you say, emerges a soul so there's something about suffering that strengthens us and so okay now questions we like to do questions you know questions naturally flow from these i already have one here how does suffering strengthen us because it seems like it weakens us is is what a lot of people would think but this claim seems to be that it makes us strong and so what is the quality of suffering that contributes to that strength well and i think that out of is pretty critical to that because if it was just suffering um like the out of i think because if we're just sitting and suffering and never emerging from it i think that might lend itself more to how does that produce strength but the out of seems at least to me seems to imply that there's something something happening with the ways in which we're facing and sort of grappling with really challenging things. Um, I don't know. And, you know, if, if I can, uh, sorry. Um, I'm also thinking about maybe like what's left out uh, of this intentionally, um, or I'm assuming intentionally since he's writing it. Um, so Dan, you had mentioned the strong kind of the strongest components being interesting. And I, I'm interested in that as well. The massive one, the use of the word massive is really curious to me. And he doesn't use good or best in here. Like they seem to whisper in the background, but it seems very purposeful that he didn't want to attach a good or a best component. And so like this massive thing, 
like it's an interesting choice of words. Like it's um, to be massive, even if it's massively awesome, can be really overwhelming. Or in the case of like this dude or gal is an arrogant and massive a-hole, not flattering or desirable, right? So it's like, what, what is like, why massive? Like it's, it is, it's something big, massive earthquake or heavy, a massive thought. Um, and so it just like, it seems that there's an importance about the kind of footprint on oneself that this experience and coming out of it points to that, yeah. that, yeah. No. Yeah, it it massive. It, it's that isn't an, an interesting word. <clears throat> I don't know why why they would use that word, but there's something about suffering. I mean, I I go back to Plato a lot. Okay, uh, Marisa. I mean, that's just kind of my my thing. And <laughs> whenever we whenever we talk about suffering or hardship, um. I think of Plato's soul, reason, spirit, desire, shepherds, dogs, sheep. You know, this idea that we've got this part of our soul that's not desiring the physical world. And it's not, you know, necessarily our rationality per se, but it's our it's our spirit. It's it's and he talks about spirit being that part of our soul that grows when we're treated unjustly or, you know, when we, you know, do something wrong and know we did something wrong and we shame ourselves. It, it's kind of like our conscience. Now, this does not seem to talk about morality per se. It's talking more about how there's that dynamic of, hey, if you have to go through it, and you overcome all this, you're going to become something bigger than you would have without it. Uh, but but I always tie that back into morality, just personally, mm -hmm. when I try to understand it. Because um, you know, when when you suffer, many times suffering is something that is is unjust. You know, you're 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 kind of a victim in a way. It doesn't always have to be that way, though. You know, there are tornadoes and there are, you know, natural disasters and there are unfortunate incidents, uh, but all too often suffering also comes from someone else's moral decision. So anyway, I'm kind of, I, I can't move it to Plato as much as I want, but I would love to see if any of the kids would come up with a, a, a morality to this. I was thinking just to add on, you you mentioned morality as being the source of suffering, if there's an injustice. Also, just good old fashioned, you know, an untimely death of someone could cause a, a suffering. And this is something a lot of the kids, just people in general, I'm sure your crowd as well, Marisa, could connect with, mm -hmm. that there's something about death of a loved one, the suffering that accompanies that, where you you emerge stronger as as a result of it. If it's if it's processed in a in a healthy way. 
and and so the the you know the 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 second part the most massive characters are seared with scars you know the emotional scars that you might have from from that um, builds your character in a way that is irreplaceable so i mean that's that's one angle to take with this why is it that some people suffer and become these massive characters and you know that becomes baked in to this constant overcoming they have in this character that they build that makes them almost like superhuman right but we also could visit any prison and talk to people who are very scarred and not that they don't have massive characters. I mean, maybe they do, uh, but not all people who suffer end up becoming bigger and better because of it. And I would love to know what, why not? Like, what's the difference? What, 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 is there something it makes me want to know more about about how you should deal with suffering, which maybe is not mentioned and, and addressed in the quote, but I don't know if that's making sense. No, it, it definitely does to me. And in fact, something you said earlier um, about uh, the, the other quote that you had in your coffers, um, what, what was that one again? Uh, um, there's no success without hardship. And that was Sophocles. Okay. Um I do think there's something important about the difference between he didn't use the word challenge. He very much used the word suffering. Um, and oftentimes when we think of overcoming challenges or going through them, there seems to be a more potentially a more direct line, but that suffering one is to your point, I think really interesting. There are some individual, maybe this goes into one of the counterclaims too, right? Like some people experience uh, suffering and are not stronger for it at all. Um, maybe they're weaker or more fragile, um, or and even more than that, maybe they they have suffered and lived through it, and they turn right back around and contribute to the suffering of others. Like, is that a legitimate example of a strength of character or soul? Uh, which is another sort of sidebar. But yeah, what is it about some individuals and groups of individuals, however they're working together, that can sort of emerge? Um, and I, I'm thinking a little bit about the Stoics. Um, maybe offering some insights there about how we, what kinds of attachments we have uh, and how we hold our experiences um, with this sort of really rigid, tight grip, or is there some sort of, I, I don't know, way to sort of, I'm always a fan of like the loose grip <laughs> approach to a certain extent. So it allows things to, to move a bit um, and, and you an opportunity to move with them. Interesting, you brought up the Stoics because I think that they would start. I don't know if they would per se get into morality with suffering, but they associated suffering with wisdom, you know, and this this kind of knowledge that you develop. Now I'm thinking of another quote, but this isn't this is Aeschylus, this this famous one. I know both of you have heard of it, but I'm going to see if I can remember it. Even in our sleep, pain, which cannot forget, falls drop by drop upon the heart until in our own despair against our will, 
comes wisdom through the awful grace of God. Huh. But, but it, so again, it's like it's suffering, right? And, and this is another approach, this idea that, okay, well, maybe we achieve a greater wisdom somehow and maybe an intelligence that we wouldn't have if we hadn't suffered. So again, I just threw in intelligence there. We haven't really talked about that yet, but I'm just trying to get at it from different angles. Yeah, I, th I think I think the wisdom part is an interesting angle to this. That strength of a soul has to do with wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, and also I would add vulnerability. Because a lot of times, depending on what the suffering is, it makes certain people more vulnerable, more open. It kind of breaks their heart open. Their heart doesn't break apart, but it breaks open. And, and they become more vulnerable to other people and they connect more with other people emotionally or even intellectually. And so the strength becomes in their capacity to connect with other people. Yeah, it helps com with compassion. You know, if you grow up in poverty and you see someone on the street, it's different for you. Mm -hmm. You know, is that wisdom? In a way, it, it, you could say it is because it's an experience that you've had and you're able to connect with someone. But I, I feel like that's that's emotional as well, not just wisdom. That's just something almost human, like an empathy. Which um, to me is actually a kind of wisdom too. I, I kind of, sometimes I have a hard time um, completely separating uh, intellect and emotion. Sometimes. Um, I yeah. think there can be wisdom in that as well, potentially. Yeah. Um, the the spirit and the, the, the reason are, are kindred souls back to Plato. Mm -hmm. they, they, they play Can the game together. Can you stop going to Plato? All no, no, don't stop. I love Plato. I know. I know. <laughs> there are worse things than to keep referring to Plato. Well, and the spirit is also something that moves us. That's the, I'm thinking of the tripartite, right? Like without the spirit, the wind to move us too, and the kind of wisdom and reason to move us in the right direction. But it's, it's really necessary <laughs> to cultivate. Right. Did we get a good counterclaim? We kind of started one, I think, that about, you know, some people, well, Marisa, you mentioned some people suffer and then the way they react, if I'm remembering you right, you said they inflict suffering on others. So they use it for a very negative outcome. Mm -hmm. um, you had mentioned that, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think as an addition, the other one was just sometimes people don't come out stronger for it, which right. uh, I think Steve mentioned uh, earlier. Um, so, I mean, then the counterclaim out of suffering have emerged the most revengeful souls. <laughs> hmm. Read the quote again. Out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls. The most massive characters are seared with scars. I mean, it does seem like there's perhaps a kind of resilience there, not to play that word out because I know it can have many meanings, but just in a very basic sense, some ability to be able to bend and flex even against the strongest of winds sort of thing. 
perhaps. Right. Right. I'm, I'm just sort of thinking about the seared. Um, I'm sorry. The last, the last portion of that quote was the strongest of um, strongest of characters. Uh, the most massive characters are seared with scars. <laughs> I know I didn't point it out massive earlier. I'm going to go with the strongest. <laughs> um, yeah. The, so I'm actually just thinking about the outside of how it's poeticness, right? The use of the word seared with that is, is interesting to me. Um, like, so like, what does it mean? Is it a kind of branding? Like, are you being like cattle branding? It involves scarring and perhaps some suffering, but like, it, it's not the same as charring or like slaughtering. Like there's some, something like they're different in character and outcome. And, and so I'm, I'm just sort of curious if, if there's like another question that comes from there about the massiveness of character relying to some degree on the character of the scars themselves, like are all scars equal, right? Must they have been administered or received in the certain, the same ways, or is it a matter of collective scarring or is there something important about that too, that's connected to our strength of character and soul and the kind of suffering we're undergoing? The, a great question. And that I feel that that goes back to that agency issue where if you grow up and you were hit by five tornadoes in Kansas mm. and had to uproot you and your family, that is a different type of suffering than growing up, you know, and having like your uncle steal your wallet at the family reunion. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's one is human the other is supernatural mm. and i think that those are going to feel different inside and you know overcoming them are going to it's going to look different i personally i and you know what if, if i don't know how you all feel about it but the ones that we do to each other as human beings those to me are the crippling ones i yeah. i mean I don't know if there's a worse type of suffering when, you know, not only do you have the pain and the anguish of whatever happens to you, but you had that expectation of someone else treating you well, and it's not there. So it's like a double whammy. Whereas when the tornado comes, you know, just hide, like, don't, I don't know. But you you got me thinking this way. It's really what that what is suffering. What what's the context of it? That's and, really and important. The emotional versus the physical is what I go to as well. You know, there are physical scars. It's interesting. Mm. I, looking at the whole thing again, out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls. The most massive characters are seared with scars. He's playing with the physical and the non-physical in a very ingenious way, I think, mm-hmm. and that you know, the, the emotional scars that are left are the ones, I mean, I think, to, to your point, Steve, that, that leave the most indelible marks on people mm-hmm. and shape our character um, mm-hmm. significantly. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, um, if I can, I, I know I pointed earlier to like the formation of Merlin and I'm wondering, are you okay with me sharing? Because I think it's maybe connected a little bit in here. Um, so when Merlin sort of was conceived, I guess when I thought about it, um, 
I was in um, grad school at the time. Uh, I was working on my master's in, in philosophy and uh, at that state where I didn't really know what the heck I wanted to do with the philosophy. I just knew I loved it and I wanted it to be part of my life. Uh, and uh, I was also and had been for many years um, a the sole caregiver for my father who was struggling with Parkinson's, um, which is such a like just a, a brutal disease. It's just so unforgiving. <laughs> Um, and so when he died, um, it, I was, I was in grad school at that time and I was absolutely devastated. Um, this man was my teacher, my mentor, my friend, uh, and not just to me too, like just so many. And so, um, it, so there was definitely suffering that was happening, uh, just, you know, the floor dropping out. And, uh, and interestingly, I think in that time, um, there was, you know, obviously, I think a new sense of urgency that certainly developed for me. And something really interesting happened in particular with philosophy, um, like in my like, deepest of moments of despair, um, like as I was in the pit, um, all of this training that I had had uh, formally in philosophy, informally, um, life experience, other other fun stuff, just sort of came to the surface very unexpectedly in a way that sort of carried me through this uh, in a way I hadn't anticipated. And it just really revealed a very practical side to itself that I knew was there, but it just, the way that I got to experience that was big. And so I sort of changed my, my trajectory, decided I was going to start a nonprofit uh, when I finished um, my MA and, and that's what I did. I've been doing ever since. But the reason I'm mentioning this outside of the suffering component is like, what was it that was there that like, why did I end up going this route as like, how did I get out of that? Cause I'm, I will still say that I'm, I, I still struggle with this one. This one's always going to be close to my heart. Sorry. <laughs> it's pretty, it's a tough one. Um, but like, what is it about like coming through that? Like that you could take a kind of deep pain and loss right. and turn it into something beautiful. Like what's, well I think you are. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you are. Yeah. You are. Look what you're doing. Yeah. Now, I mean, this is just an outsider here. You know, I'm, I, I think that, that you really are doing something with that. And you're not, you're not resting on your laurels. You're not, you know, trying to cover yourself up. You're, you're doing public philosophy. You're, you're starting an organization. You're trying to reach out to people, stay open. I, I just, I mean, I'm applauding you right now. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> it, it is, it is a, uh, it is a delight to be doing something I believe in and love. And it's like this ongoing process of grieving for me as well. Um, uh, private, albeit public, uh, a way to, to really navigate and move through that. So I, yeah. I, I think I'm trying to tie it into a little bit, like what things, why, why, why is that possible for some and harder for others and the ver other variables? For me, I think um, having a kind of foundation and way to think about and grapple with really, really challenging experiences that are raw and real and part of life are something that was, at least for me, very critical in making that that move. Um, um, and, and hopefully, yeah, making that move. <laughs> That's process. your vulnerability. If That's I can the... bring it back to what Dan was saying, I'm talking too much. Did you want to say something, Dan? No, I was, I was actually just going to jump in there. That's the vulnerability. 
because you chose vulnerability, you allowed yourself a, a strength that allows you to, to move forward and build organizations and connect with people, many of whom probably are struggling with other things. And now they have an outlet because of the fact that you were courageous enough to get out there yeah. and, and to express what you were feeling. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. And you could have taken another route. And I think a lot of people do. You can, you can shut yourself down and shut it out and go along your merry way and not address these things. You really can do that. You can live a life like that. Uh, now I'm starting to think of our mom, Dan and, and my mom. You know, we had, Maurice, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we, we lost our, bro our, our sister and our father in 2020 within six weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, just, you know, and I've been close to my mom since then. And, you know, she would just break down watching TV. I didn't, but I realized, and she would share this with me, that that was part of her process, right? She had to feel the suffering and 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 do that she had to go through that she had to do it and she would do it in front of people and it's just a way to address something whereas you think that you might look weak in reality you're you're embracing this suffering and you're becoming something bigger because you're not running from it hmm. yeah so this is this is, you know, this is, this is, and, and mom, mom has, you know, she's active helping people. She's was a nurse for 40 years, Marisa. So she gets her energy from helping other people. Mm -hmm. And, and from these tragedies, she's not said, I'm done with that. She's accelerated, you know, her serving of others. Hmm. And so in the same way that, that you've kind of accelerated your path into, you know, giving back to society and to helping people in the way you're doing it through public philosophy, she's trying to do it through, through helping people through, through nursing and, and support that way. So it's, it's again, turning that suffering into something beautiful. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Who's got an essential question? Well, we already had kind of a, a few, but but what, uh, I don't know. This has been a lot. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good. I, uh, I Marisa, really do, do you have a question? We'll see if, do you have a, a question, Bruin? Um, I have a lot of questions. I think in terms of figuring out how to, to phrase it as an essential question, I would, I I would welcome both of your help on how, on how that's normally done in, in, in sort of your, in your approach too. So I'm not just throwing them out. Um, Feel free to though, because they're part of it is just, they're authentic, right? They come from the conversation. That's it. Hmm. And read the quote again, Dan, just read it again. 
Out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls. The most massive characters are seared with scars. Yeah. I got one. Why do some people use suffering and sublimate it into beautiful things in life? Or how, why or how can some people emerge from suffering? And where others don't, they just, where others don't, they're broken. Where they're broken. And, and maybe adding on to that too, um, uh, what, does it always come down to just an individual trudging through or like what's the role of community and others in, in this process of helping transform that kind of anguish and pain and suffering into something beautiful? Um, it's good. Mm -hmm. Good. What kinds of resources need to be there or make it more likely that you're going to take it? And I'm going to I want to answer that one. The resource on uh, your brain. I mean, I don't know. I, you know what? Is that just, that's just my opinion, of course. Having people around is also very important. But again, I just personally, when I'm grieving or when I'm suffering, I actually don't prefer to have people around or be sharing it with them just personally. I tried it right myself, you know, and I don't know, you just do it different ways, I guess. No, and actually, Steve, that's uh, very much my style as well. I am uh, a, a big internal processor um, yeah. before before the you know nonprofit came to be um, and, and actually still just in general, I process my emotions solo. I don't. That's not typically my style to do external processing with other individuals. And so when you said sort of the brain, um, like that's where philosophy was, that tool and mechanism, it's much more than that, but it's the thing that helped me think through and really um, address uh, and identify what was going on inside of me. And yeah. I couldn't, I wasn't of the constitution and I'm not to necessarily do that kind of super deep stuff with others until I've at least done it first myself by myself. And philosophy, the beautiful thing about philosophy is it gives you those, those tools to do that because the, the thinking you do in philosophy is the thinking of life. <laughs> and so if whatever you're experiencing in life, you can process through doing philosophy. So what, what a, what a great, amazing tool it is. It is really beautiful. <laughs> well, uh, Marisa, it's been great having you on on the Teach Different podcast. This has been fantastic. This was a really deep quote, and I think it it touches the hearts of many. So we appreciate you, your vulnerability, your story, and the great work that you do. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. This was a pleasure. I can't, it's already over. I can't believe we're already through. Yeah. <laughs> getting started for, for almost 50 minutes wow but yeah <laughs> thanks so much thank you thanks everybody we hope you're walking away feeling energized by some great ideas and have enjoyed the chance to step back and have a conversation about things that really matter using the teach different conversation method continue your journey with us at teachdifferent.com and join our community of educators 
who are mastering the art and science of conversations. Or explore our coaching programs offered as part of our proud partnership with The Conversation Project at convoproject.org. Let's keep the conversations going together. Take care.